0: chapter 4. We're going to be looking at verse uh, 18 down through 24. I want to read that for us as we begin. It says, And unto Enoch was born Irad, and Irad begat Mehujael, and Mehujael begat Methusael, and Methusael begat Lamech. And Lamech took unto him two wives. The name of the one was Ada, and the name of the other was Zillah. And Ada bare Jabel. he was the father of such as dwell in tents, and of such as have cattle. And his brother's name was Jubal, and he was the father of all such as handle the harp and organ. And Zillah, she also bare Tubal-Cain, an instructor of every artist of her and brass and iron, and the sister of Tubal-Cain was Nama. And Lamech said unto his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, ye wives of Lamech, hearken unto my speech. For I have slain a man to my wounding, and a young man to my hurt. If Cain shall be avenged sevenfold, truly Lamech seventy and sevenfold. If you remember, God had spared and protected Cain, even though he had sinned and murdered his own brother viciously and violently, uh, out of an idolatrous, immoral heart. That God spared him, but... In so doing that, God said that anyone who would seek vengeance against Cain, that he would repay sevenfold. And so now as we get into this, what we are finding is this rest of this chapter up until verse 25 is going to be the seven generations from Adam that are going to be wicked and ungodly. This is going to be the folks that go the way of, the Cain, uh, the way of Cain. These are the folks that go the way that Jesus spoke of, a broad way. A broad way that leads to destruction. A broad way that does not follow Christ. A, a broad way that does not go the way of faith. There's only one way to please God. There's only one way to know God, and that is by grace through faith. It is trusting in God's promise and His provisions. We have talked about Christ's fulfillment of both. The promise of God is the Word of God. The provision of God is the work of God. And Jesus Christ is both the Word of God and the one who came to do the work of God to make the way to God so that through His blood we might know Him. The whole Bible is chalked full of the Gospel. It is pointed directly to Christ and to who He is and what He has accomplished for us. Now as we get here into verse 18 tonight, we're going to look at the ungodly generations of Cain. As we know, sin does not just impact the person who sinned. Sin always impacts those around it and always has a ripple effect, regardless of what sin it is. We often think that sin, that because now that we're saved, that God perhaps overlooks it or that no longer it has the same effects, sin still has a terrible, lasting, eternal effect upon each one of us. You say, well, I'm saved, so it doesn't have an eternal effect. It certainly absolutely does. It may not determine your eternal home, but it certainly determines rewards, does it not? It certainly determines uh, what your uh, eternal gifts will be. It certainly determines the rewards that will be there. There are many of us who have been saved but accomplished much, or in our eyes, but in the way of the Lord, it's nothing but what He calls wood, hay, and stubble. And so we've got to be careful with some of these things. And as we look to Cain here tonight, we're going to see that what is beginning here with Cain, and then what's going to happen at the end of chapter 4, with seth is that there are two lineages you are either a sheep or you're a goat you're either lost or you are saved you are either faithful or you are unbelieving right there is no in between there is no halfway there is no riding a fence you are either all in or you are all out that is the way it has been from the very beginning it is the way it will be to the very end of this world the names in genesis 4 and 5 are similar showing now notice this if you how many of y'all read the bible anybody read the bible okay now, if you've read Genesis 4 and chapter 5, which comes right after chapter 4, you're going to find that some of the names sound an awful lot uh, an awful lot alike. Here in chapter 4, we've got Enoch, and who do we got over chapter 5? We've got a different one, right? Both are descendants of Adam, but one is a descendant of Cain, the other one is a descendant of Seth, and so we'll see the difference there. There are several others that have similar um, names and meanings and things, but here's, here's what's important here. The names of Genesis 4 and 5 are similar, showing that both lineages knew one another, yet remained distinct in their lineage. All are ultimately from Adam, but now are separated between the lineage of Cain or Seth, who is coming to give hope at the end of chapter 4. If we were to simply read down through verse 24, we would think, woe is me, how sinful man has gotten. And as a matter of fact, that is correct. To see how quickly sin has progressed in, in seven generations from the very first one who has fallen out of the garden. Then, ultimately, we're just a chapter away from God saying, enough is enough. What you and I have a hard time understanding is that with all of these names and generations, that there is 2,000 years of history taking place here over the next couple chapters, and God is going to say, that is it. It is going to be the same time that Jesus had referred to as the days of Noah, being at the end of days. It's going to be like it was then. Well, what's that like? Well, chapter 4 gives us an awful lot of what it's like. Chapter 4 is going to show us a lot of what the world we're living in is like now, but as well as what Jesus referred to as the days of Noah. Now Cain's lineage would be worldly focused, and very wicked in their character. and What we find is that the difference between the lineage of Cain and the lineage of Abel is doctrine. Doctrine unites those who believe the same doctrine, but it divides those who disagree. Doctrine is a very devi- divisive thing. That's why there are those who would be on the liberal uh, part of the spectrum who say, well, we don't need doctrine as much because it is so divisive. Well, no, we absolutely do need doctrine because we need to know where our fence is or ends and where someone else's begins. We need to know where the Lord stands, and He has given us all the boundaries that we have inside the Bible. We don't need anything out of the box or out of the the book because to be outside, out of the box, I believe is to be out of the book. God has given us all that we need to know Him. God has given us all that we need to know how to do church, to, to know how to lead, to know how to give, to know how to serve Him, to know how to be saved. He's given us all this right here. So doctrine is critically important, and it is doctrine the belief, the faith,